1: Brought to you by the Reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready for you. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Palette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he
0: always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Happy 200th episode, Chris. Why, thank you, Jonathan. Happy 200th episode to you, too. And they said that after 100 episodes, it was too much already. (laughs) But we kept going. Yes, we did.
2: And um, so, today we're going to present our 200th episode spectacular.
0: Yeah. Now, if you remember on our 100th episode spectacular, we decided to do something uh, that would require us to do absolutely no research whatsoever. We talked about our favorite technology. Yes. Which was easy, right? We were like, hey, <laughs> this is great. I don't have to look anything up. I just think, what kind of stuff do I like to play with? Well, we decided for the 200th episode, we'd go the opposite direction. We wanted something that would it require lots and lots of research? So we've decided to talk about some of the biggest innovations and inventions over the last 200 years. Because it, I, why did we? Do, 200. Why did, I know 200. the 200. That was, that, no, I guess that, was that connection, but I'm just wondering why we decided to go with the whole let's research stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, but in, in retrospect, it seems like a silly, oh, I, it's Ariel's fault. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was my friend Ariel who suggested that. Thanks a lot. Of, thanks, Ariel. Thanks so much.
2: Okay. Well, we, we should point out though, um, that we've just made a list of all the different technologies we thought were important and we, there, there are tons and tons and tons of, uh, important technologies. And as the case is, with science and engineering, um, one person builds on the work of someone else. So we sort of picked highlights yeah. here and there that we thought were important. We're probably going to leave out uh, one or two of your favorites. In or which case, feel free to write in and, sure, and let yeah. us know what they are. Um, but we're going to touch on some of the ones that we thought were important. Uh, maybe call out some some points on on a few of the the uh, most important ones. But uh, definitely, you know, pick some of our favorites over the uh, last couple hundred years.
0: So. Yeah, what's a couple of centuries between friends? I,
2: I kind of I actually started at eighteen. But I don't really have anything between 1800 and 1810 anyway, so I guess it's all right.
0: So, yeah, let's just go straight to 1814, shall we? That sounds good. Okay, so in 1814, and a, a, a man who had been working in coal mines pretty much his whole life, George Stevenson, built the first successful steam locomotive. Now, uh, we're including this on here because, of course, steam locomotives ended up changing the face of much of the world. Yes. It uh, allowed for uh, shipping on a scale and a speed that up to that point had never been seen before. So it was definitely a revolutionary uh, development. Uh, now, the first train was called Blucher. Blucher? (laughs) And uh, that was a young Frankenstein reference, which is why Chris doesn't get it. Um, But Blucher was, uh, yeah, it it pulled uh, several cars of coal that weighed several tons up a hill at a maximum speed of a blistering four miles per hour. Wow. But you know, this is the first time that they've been able that's anyone had been able to create a steam driven locomotive and uh that didn't explode or, you know, that that actually worked. There had been some steam engines before that point, but this was the first one as use of a in a locomotive. So that was my first choice. Uh also in eighteen fourteen, uh, we had the the first use of the camera obscura. Actually, no, not exactly. No Uh, the
2: camera obscura had been around for quite some time before that. Well, that's true. Uh, uh, but but uh, it was around that time that uh, Joseph Nisophonieps... Nice try. No, actually, I, I went to... Uh, by the way, Forvo.com. If you're looking <laughs> for, no, seriously, Forvo.com uh-huh. has, if you're looking for difficult-to-pronounce words or uh, a lot of cases... Um, uh, names, yeah. foreign names, um, they have a service where you can contribute your pronunciation. I should hurry this up because it's not on topic, but, uh, very nice. So, Joseph Niesophone Nieps, or Niesophone Nieps. Okay. Um, he was, a uh, he was an inventor who, and he made the first permanent photographic image. Uh-huh. So he was the first person to actually print out a photo. Gotcha. Um, and he sort of, he had difficulty with, he and his brother Claude, um, they actually had a, an internal combustion engine. I found out in doing this huh. uh, and, and poking around on, on Britannica. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but uh, he ended up partnering with uh, Louis-Jacques Mande Daguerre, whom you might know from the Daguerreotype. Mm-hmm. Um, and they refined the, the, uh, the practice of putting photos on paper and, and really making modern photography... Uh, more possible. Because before, I mean, you had the camera obscura, but it really wasn't able to make a print of an image. Right. And now you, you could take a photo and print it out, although it was a much more arduous and painful process than it is now.
0: Right. Because now what I do is I push a button, and then it's digital, and then I press another button, and then it prints. Yep. But I don't print because I post put them in my Facebook. Okay. Okay, so in 1825, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump around a little bit. It's not going to be year by year, because right? That yeah. would take
2: forever. Because of course, those or two hundred years or so. The
0: last two hundred years happened to be during the Industrial Revolution. So it turns out there's quite a few things that were invented at that time. We're, like we said, we tried to concentrate on things that we thought really changed the world. So not just something that was cool or interesting, but something that really did revolutionize the way we do things. Not, I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for New England. So in 1825, <laughs> William Sturgeon uh, invents the electromagnet. Now, this was actually the culmination of several observations that uh, that – ended with the electromagnet so back in 1820 hans christian ersted discovered that uh, a wire carrying a a current generated by a magnetic field uh, or or rather a wire that carries a current could generate a magnetic field okay so we've talked about this before you know you electricity moves through a wire and then you get a magnetic field because there's this interesting relationship between magnetism and electricity Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have uh, André-Marie Ampère, who found that a a helix of wire also Mm -hmm. uh, carrying a current would create a magnetic field. Um, And you had uh, Dominique François-Jean Arago. Uh, He found that you could magnetize an iron bar. If you wrapped this coil of wire around it, ran the current through, it creates the magnetic field. You could actually magnetize an iron bar, take the iron bar out, and it's a magnet – uh, that leads us to Sturgeon, who discovered that if you kept the bar in there, if you did not remove the bar, it actually created a much stronger magnetic field. Mm-hmm. He bent that bar into a U shape, and then uh, you think of like the, the base of the U is, uh, is uh, embedded in some sort of foundation. There's a coil of wire around each end. You've got two poles. Well, the two poles are close to each other, and that generated a particularly strong magne- magnetic field. This was uh, essentially the first real electromagnet, which ended up being really, really important in electronics later on.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, a lot of the uh, developments that we're going to talk about shortly um, were based upon the electromagnet. Without it, they, they don't work.
2: Right. That's true. That's true.
0: So, um, oh, 1829? The typewriter? Yep. W.A. Burt.
2: Yep. Yeah, and we, uh, we, uh, you, this might be a good, uh, plug again for our podcast on the, uh, keyboard, the CORDY keyboard, and why sure. it got popular in the Dvorak keyboard. Um, but yeah, this, we're not talking like the IBM Selectric here. We're talking about, uh, the manual, uh, uh, mechanical typewriter. Right, right. Um, and then you wanted to talk about, uh, in 1831, the electric dynamo and motor with Michael Faraday?
0: Yes. Okay. So this is another really important discovery. Uh, It's not so much an invention as a discovery. So we just started talking about the electromagnet, where you create the magnetic field by running the current through the wire. Well, Faraday found out that the opposite was also true. If you subjected a coiled uh, or if you subjected wire to a magnetic field, it would induce electricity to flow through the wire. Mm-hmm. So uh, this induction became the basis of things like electric motors, generators and transformers. So that became extremely important later on. So you, you notice that a lot of these developments are happening pretty close to each other like a decade or so within each other. Yeah, yeah. And um, And that's where we really we saw the rapid development of technology take off. Once, once we got a real firm understanding of things like electromagnetism, uh, it really made lots of, uh, of really cool developments possible. And that kind of goes
2: back to my point earlier about how these different engineers and, and scientists were working off of each other's discoveries. I mean, Faraday was obviously inter- interested in electromagnetism, and then you know moved on from there. Um, right. So it's it's really kind of interesting to, to note just what you you know you discover, and then you keep you just follow a different path as you make a new discovery. Exactly. So, um, also, were those Transformers, Autobots, or all
0: right? Moving on, in eighteen thirty-five, <laughs> you knew I was going to do it. In eighteen 18th- is you are know, more than meets the eye, Chris. In eighteen thirty-five, we have Charles Babbage creating his mechanical calculator. Yeah, and of course, uh, you could argue in a way that the uh, the abacus was a type of
2: mechanical calculator, although you had to move the beads by hand. So I would. Say that's a manual calculator.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, and, you know, we're being a little more technical than that. Yeah, um, but uh, And, of course, Babbage made many, many contributions that would later become extremely important in computer science. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and then 1837? Samuel Morse. And the telegraph.
2: Yeah, actually, this is uh, one of those devices that the electromagnet played a huge part in.
0: Right, so Samuel Morse came up with this idea. Actually, the idea had been, uh, booted around by a few different people, but Morse was one of the folks who was able to actually put it to use and, and get it to, to work properly. The idea was that you would be able to create an electric current, uh, with one device, send that electric current through a wire so that it would activate a second device and you would get some sort of mechanical action out of it. That was just the very basics. So you, you know, essentially think of it like if you flip a switch, it would send an, uh, uh, uh electric current through a wire to another switch, which would then trip. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the basis for this. Well, you, that would give you the the very basics of being able to communicate with someone on the other end. Now, granted, uh, there were some limitations, of course. One was that you could only really communicate through clicks, and two, uh, you could only communicate one way at a time. You couldn't have two-way communication simultaneously.
2: Yeah, um, but that that is uh, also a good point because uh, Samuel Morse came up with the idea for Morse code, probably uh, because he needed some way to (laughs) send messages from one side to the other.
0: Yep, yep. And then Mm. uh, a few years after he had developed this, uh, there was the infamous Morse code message sent from D.C. to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. What hath God wrought? Yes. Yep. Morse code. No, Mm -hmm. wait, that was Samuel. Mm -hmm. At any rate, so... Again, now, that revolutionized communication, because, yes. of course, up to that point, the way that we communicated was sending... A piece of paper with right. a messenger from one place to another. Right, either on train or on horseback, Pony Express-type stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was slow to communicate between cities or between countries, definitely. It was very slow. Yeah. and uh, But the, the invention of the, the telegraph completely revolutionized communication. Mm-hmm. Now, we got a few that we're just going to kind of uh, jump on. First of all, one of the most important inventions of all time, created in 1841 mm-hmm. by Samuel Slocum, the stapler. Yes. Please Mil- don't touch mine. Milton will be very pleased. Yes, I indeed. was told I could listen to my music at a reasonable volume between the hours of 10 and 11. Um, so... Uh, then we've got around 1845. Right, around eighteen
2: forty five to eighteen sixty when subways actually first became uh practical and, and uh, launched in london
0: yep around um, and,
2: and yeah and now it's you know pretty popular all over the world and in many major cities yep um but uh that really i think helped solidify the urban area, you know being able to uh, spread people out and still get them in in a form of mass transit um, that would enable people to uh to move a little bit more quickly without having to rely on horseback or foot Mm -hmm. because we don't have something yet
0: that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, In 1852, we had the gyroscope uh, invented by Jean-Bernard Léon Foucault. I have no idea if I see Forvo.com that is what I'm saying to you. All right, well. Very useful. See, Chris, here's a, here's a little hint. Yeah? Your tips are a lot more useful before we go into the studio than what? while we're in the studio. Well, let me point out that it didn't really help my pronunciation, even though I did <laughs> listen to it beforehand. <laughs> okay. All right, well, at any rate. Um, the yes. gyroscope, extremely important in navigation, uh, space travel. Yep, accelerometers, things like that. Yep. I mean, gyroscopes, like yes, space travel in particular, mm-hmm. it was extremely important I mean, uh, gyroscopes and, and gimbals together were some of the you, you know they seem like they're pretty basic to us now, but really uh, play an integral role in those technologies. So while it seems like you know you, you might look at a, a gyroscope as like especially the ones that you see in like toy stores or hobby stores like it's a little kid's yeah. toy. No, that's a, it's very important. Yeah.
2: No, I don't. Uh, I don't shop at gimbals. Uh, you know, maybe
0: 1858. <laughs> now we have a. Uh, Jean Lenoir. That one I knew I could say. So, Jean Lenoir invented, well, apparently not since it pre existed by 40 years, according to you. Well, from what I understand, this is the first successful gas powered engine. Internal combustion engine, yes. yes. Now, we should kind of explain uh, what the internal combustion engine means. So, when you're talking about things like uh, steam powered, uh, or, or even coal-powered, uh, engines from before. You generally were heating up an element really, really high and then using the, the pressure from, say, the steam, like steam mm-hmm. locomotives, mm-hmm. the steam to power pistons. Uh, so, but you had a, a chamber where all the combustion took place and then the steam was then transported to wherever it needed to go to, to push pistons to make things move. Internal combustion has a, uh, the, the, Combustion take place within a cylinder that where the piston actually is. So that's that's the internal part. Because people say, well, what was it? Were there external combustion engines before that? Kind of, in that the combustion didn't take place within the cylinder. And in this case, the cylinders contained a mixture of air and uh, gas from coal. And then a spark from a little uh, electrode, a spark plug essentially would ignite the gas, uh, and that would cause the gas to expand very quickly, pushing a piston which generated the power you needed to move things yes uh, and in case you 're wondering the difference between uh, joseph
2: Nisophone Nieps uh, and his brother claude uh, their 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 system was a little different. it did use pistons, but th- what they were using for fuel was uh, um, they, their machine, by the way, was called the uh, Lafour. Why did you even try? I don't know. But he used uh, lycopodium powder as fuel. I was going to guess, and mountains. he he theoretically he theoretically uh, powered a boat with it. Um, but uh, Britannica said he th- he uh, claimed to have. So I guess we don't know for sure. All right. Well, but, let- uh, they they refined it. Other people refined it. Nicholas Otto in eighteen seventy eight, um, you know, made it a little better, and that's when people
0: really. You know, really took off when they had an opportunity to do that. Sure. So, uh, moving ahead, 1862, man made plastic, thanks to Alexander Parkers. Parks rather, mm-hmm. uh, and then 1869 we had uh, ball bearings. Yes, you you wanted to add that to the list. I did want to add that to the list. I mean, they you are very many important. things. Yes,
2: they're extremely important, and it's the kind of thing where uh, I, I think previously to that they hadn't been able to machine them fine enough to make them available in right, so many different right. things. And uh, you know, it, it, I know it had a lot to do to improve the uh, a lot of industry because they were able to make different kinds of machinery on different scales with the, the advent of the ball bearing. So it, it's a small thing, and if you have a lot of them on the floor, they will make you fall. I was just about to say, but it, it
0: plays a pivotal role in many it, early comedies.
2: Yes, it does. But, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that uh, it shows
0: up and you go, huh, yeah, well, it does." little things do make a difference sometimes. All right, 1876, this is a big one. The telephone. Ah, yes, Alexander Graham Bell. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this was, of course, this is you know the next evolution for the whole telegraph uh, uh, technology. Bell at the time was working on a harmonic telegraph. The idea being that you would be able to have multiple lines of communication going over the same, uh, through the same medium. Yes,
2: so that sort you, of uh, to solve the earlier problem you mentioned of only being able to send one communication
0: in one direction at right, one time. Right, exactly. But uh, in secret, more or less. Uh, not in secret is probably too strong a term. But he was working on this idea of being able to transmit voice over an electrical line. So you would speak into a device. And the device would convert the sound waves into electricity. The electricity would travel over a line to another device, which would decode the electrical signals and then play them back as sound Mm -hmm. using various membranes. Yes, uh, he was actually granted a patent for, and
2: I quote, the method of an apparatus for transmitting vocal or other sounds telegraphically by causing electrical undulations similar in form to the vibrations of the air accompanying the
0: said vocal or other sounds. That's what you said. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, his... That's uh, <laughs> a fancy way of saying it. The first uh, sentence broadcast over telephone, or a what would become the telephone, was, of course... Can you pick up some milk? No, it was, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. The second sentence was, I would like cheese, pepperoni, anchovies, <laughs> and extra crispy crust. Uh ha,
2: ha. yeah actually uh Watson Thomas Watson was a big part of the success of the telephone because um his help was really key to uh, getting Bell's telephone together he apparently was really good working with the different parts of the the mechanical stuff where Bell mm, less so and he apparently. was more
0: of the theoretical and and like the electrical engineering behind it but also we should point out that Watson was not uh Sherlock Holmes's assistant. Not that Watson. No, that was that would be John Watson would be the other one. All right, eighteen seventy-seven. Eighteen seventy-seven. The phonograph. Thomas Edison. Yes, he's going to pop up again in a second.
2: Those are those big. Uh, well, not a, well, I guess sort of at that time the
0: big vinyl plastic things. This, this that, one at this uh, point predated CDs. This one actually predated vinyl. This one was on aluminum. This really? was a, a, phono, a cylindrical ph- uh, phonograph. Ah, that was, so that um, one was still um, the cylinders. So yeah, this was before even they were using wax. Um, this so. It, but But it was one of the earliest examples of the the technology. Okay. Um, So I put it down there. And also moving pictures were uh, first invented then, Mm -hmm. which is not that you don't take, it's not that you take a picture down from the wall and then go, ooh, and move it around. I was going to say, I didn't know Rush was still around back then. We're talking about movies, you know, like (laughs) like animation, that sort of thing. I love that Uh, album. And then (laughs) 1879, we get back to Edison. Yes. With the light bulb. The light bulb. Very important.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have a way to depict it when somebody has an idea.
0: Right. Yeah, we would all be without ideas for the rest of you know, it's amazing nothing would have happened. No, okay, so a light bulb is a very simple simple idea. The idea here is that you use electricity to heat up some sort of element so that it gives off light. Yep, very thin filament of of metal. Right. And uh, some of the earliest ones were platinum. And Edison found platinum. that he could make the light bulbs last longer if he encased or if he encased the filament in a vacuumed sealed tube, mm-hmm. which in this case was the light bulb, the, right. the glass, and he actually would uh, did glass blowing himself, and he would form the the light bulbs and put it all together. And um, the first one he had, I think, it lasted maybe like four hours, and then uh, he was able to make some improvements, and gradually the the lifetime of the light bulb began to uh, to get to a point where it was actually a useful thing, and this really did revolutionize the world. I mean, you think about it. the world was dark <laughs> before the light bulb. I mean, the, the when night came, you had you had candles and fireplaces, and that was about it. Yes. So we <laughs> need to move on.
2: I was just looking at the time. We need to move on. All right. Well, let's, let's
0: eight, be faster then. 1885. Uh, Carl Benz. Yep. He was uh, the. He's credited with creating the first automobile with an internal combustion engine that was a, a practical vehicle. Um I mean there there had been some vehicles that used internal combustion engines for pro, uh to to propel, propel themselves gosh it's been a long day uh before that but his was the first really practical one also the year when the safety bicycle
2: was invented yes uh there had been all kinds of bone shakers and velocipedes and yeah. uh the unsafety bicycles yeah, unsafety bicycles you know those ones with the giant front wheel and the, the tiny the back wheel that you see and- uh but uh, in 1885 the rover safety was released uh, designed by john kemp stanley and uh it you know basically equalized the size of the wheels and introduced some other revisions to uh to the design and people the uh uh, a few years later when pneumatic tires came out we're going to get to 1888 in a minute but that really made a difference because then they weren't so painful to ride right
0: so uh reminds me of a joke but it's dirty so i have to skip it 1887. 1887 radar heinrich hertz Well, then he should take some. Uh, Never mind. You're going to be like that with the Avengers, too. Are you Thor? Yes, it hurts. (laughs) Uh, 1888, we get back to our buddy Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. This is when his AC motor and transformer invention starts to take off. Now, Tesla, of course, was a contemporary and sometimes... Antagonist, kind of, to Edison. Oh, Actually, yeah. I would say Edison was more the antagonist. Edison, did, they didn't get along. Let's say Edison that. did everything in his power to make Tesla look bad, and uh, even though, and probably because of the fact that Tesla's uh, approach was the superior. Uh, Edison was backing direct current, which was great, except for the fact that you needed a generator every two miles if you wanted to be able to transmit it over distance. Yeah. Whereas Tesla's alternating current, where current would move one way and then move another way and then cycle through those different ways like 60 times a second, uh, his variation would allow you to transmit electricity over huge distances without losing power, which is why Tesla's method won out in the long run yes uh, in the in
2: the late eighteen sixties um Graham had introduced a way of generating power uh that basically helped people uh warm up to the idea of using electricity but his uh were d c only Dynamos. And uh, it was in 1888 when uh, Tesla's version for alternating current became available that people, you know, really helped it uh, make a difference because you could send power over longer distances with AC. So it made it more useful.
0: Right. And then years later, he would be played by David Bowie. Okay, then. Shall we go to your next one? Yes. 1898, one of the most important patents to ever be patented. 1898. They patented the patent. Was the year? No, the 1898 was the year that Edwin Prescott patented the roller coaster. Rock on, Edwin. I bet it works better with ball bearings. In 1901, we had the transatlantic radio. Thank you, Marconi. Yes. I'm sorry, Tesla. Marconi also was a contemporary and sometimes antagonist to Tesla, as it turns out, um, though he probably didn't wasn't as aware of it. Uh, 1903, we have the motor powered airplane. Do you remember who it was that had that infamous flight at Kitty Hawk? Uh, you should well, considering it's my home state. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's right. That would be the, yes, that is right. Yes, the Wright brothers, Orville and Redenbacher. No, wait, I'm sorry. Wilbur. 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 Orville and Wilbur. Sorry, I had a little popcorn on the brain there. Um, yes, they had their famous flight, in, the first flight in 1903, where Orville piloted it the first time for about, was about 20 feet above uh, the ground. And it lasted all of 12 seconds, but it covered about 120 feet, so it went a pretty good way, distance. Yes, it did. And then they, uh, they made three more flights uh, with Wilbur piloting the record flight, which lasted one second shy of a minute, 59 seconds, mm. went 852 feet. They can go a lot faster and a lot farther now. But of course, yes, airplanes revolutionized travel. Moving on. Splitting
2: the atom in 1919,
0: Lord Rutherford? Yeah, he had a very fine, fine knife <laughs> uh, 1927 television, alright now this is one of technology's great controversies yes. who invented television uh, well if you if you look at patents you're going to see Philo T. Farnsworth and in fact he did successfully demonstrate uh, television working through using an electron scanning tube but a, a Russian Vladimir Zvorkin, uh managed to first patented back in the 20s yeah this, no, this is one of the situations where sorry no go ahead
2: this is one of the situations where both men were working on it independently at right. the same time so they both
0: you know really have a legitimate claim now who's first yeah vlad, it, it, vlad most people think vlad got a little ahead of uh philo uh but vlad's vlad's invention never or it didn't work he couldn't get it to work before Philo got his to work. Mm-hmm. So even though Vlad may have come up with the idea first, and, and I say I stress may because the truth is still so murky, um, Philo was the one who got it to work, and that's what kind of counted in the eyes of history, really. So we, we credit Philo as the inventor of television. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, the first television picture was transmitted on September seventh, nineteen twenty-seven. Yes. Moving over to nineteen thirty-nine. Yep. Uh, nuclear fission. Yeah, that's splitting. Yes. Atoms. Yes. So that you can get energy from them. Now there are two mm-hmm. different ways you can get energy from by splitting atoms. One is a very controlled method, which mm-hmm. would be the way that we create uh, nuclear power plants. Nuclear yes. power plants still exist on fission. They're splitting these in order to to generate heat. Which mm-hmm. then creates usually steam to create power. The other way is an uncontrolled release of energy, which we also call a bomb. Yes. Which, tragically, we've also used atoms to do.
2: Yes, yes. But this uh, Otto Hahn and Fritz Strassmann in Germany uh, finally proved that you could uh, that uh, transuranic elements are uh, are actual. Pieces of the uh, radioisotopes of barium, lanthanum, and other elements, according to uh, Britannica.
0: Yeah, and there were and, a lot uh, of. So uh, th-
2: they could actually prove for a fact that you could split
0: uh, or create fission. And Sorry, there were and lots the of that was really, really r- famous names that were connected to this, because of course, this is also during World War II. And you have both the Germans and the Americans and, and other countries as well working feverishly to try and master the power of the atom in order to. Put it to use in the war. Mm -hmm. So we had everyone from like Niels Bohr and and Robert Oppenheimer, uh, like famous names, where uh, all very much focused on nuclear fission at the time. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I I would ask to point out, too, really quickly, that uh, keep in mind that this is after 1928, and I'll tell you why that's important at the end of the podcast. Oh, all right. Um, Then in
0: 1942, ENIAC, the first electronic computer. Yep, yep, we talked about that in the history of computers. 1947, we've talked about this before. Bell Labs creates the transistor.
2: Yep, yep. We uh, we've talked about a lot of these things toward the end of the 20th century, so we're going to kind of uh,
0: yeah hop forward, jump over them. Um, 1957, the thing that went beep. Sputnik. Sputnik, of course, the first man-made satellite launched into orbit, launched by the USSR, Mm -hmm. uh, completely sent America into a tizzy because if the Russians could launch a satellite into space, they could also launch a missile at the United States, or so was the thinking at the time. Yep. And uh, it didn't do much other than beep. But it was the first of many satellites, and, of course, that has truly revolutionized technology.
2: Speaking of those satellites, in 1964, SISCOM-3 was the first geostationary satellite. Yep. See, I can't even look up, you know... Pronounce the words that I I don't know how to look up. <laughs> thank you, didn't need to look up.
0: Thank you, Mister Clark.
2: Yes, uh, but that's uh, thank you to uh, Arthur C. Clarke, um, the famous writer and uh,
0: science dude. Yep. Uh, so in uh, in 1973, uh, actually April 3rd, 1973, we can na- nail this down to the day. Uh, the first cell phone was used by Martin Cooper, who mm-hmm. used it to uh, call a competitor from across the street and wave and say "Nanny Nanny Boo Boo." We have a a uh, portable working, phone. working phone. 1975, the home computer. Yeah, that's when we first start seeing computers actually uh, marketed for home use. And then in the 1980s, we see the development of the Internet. The Internet kind of evolved over time, so it's hard to – you can't really nail it down to a single year because, again – It predated the 80s,
2: of course, as the ARPANET. If If you talk
0: about ARPANET being the grandfather, sure. But that wasn't when people – the general public was using the service. And you could argue that ARPANET was a single network. In which case it would not be an internet, because an internet is an interconnected series of networks. So ARPANET would just be one network. You would have to add a second network before you could call it an internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's being a little picky. 1983, compact disks. 1990, Tim Berners-Lee. He creates the World Wide Web, which is one of the most important tools, I think, in the last century. Yep. Um, It's how a lot of us manage to get information, stay in touch with each other, everything from social networking to uh, researching recipes to getting a job. I mean, it's really become something we heavily depend upon. And uh, you know what he wrote the program on? What's that? He, He used a Next computer. <laughs> I just thought you'd think that was kind of cool.
2: Yes, I do think that's cool. And they used cool.
0: an, uh, a Next computer. Yeah, we should do a podcast on that. On the Next? Yeah.
2: Sure. And uh, Or maybe other computer platforms that didn't survive. You know, we can do that one. Next. (laughs) 1995, DVDs. Yep. The digital versatile disc. And then there's all kinds of other discs that have followed since then, too.
0: And we could go on. I mean, there are obviously dozens and dozens of other technologies that we could talk about. But that was... Blu-ray and HD and... MP3 players. I mean, lots of... The the developments are so fast now that it's hard to even keep a track on. I mean, we didn't talk about uh, VHS. We didn't talk about cassettes. We didn't talk about magnetic tape at all, really, or, you know, solid-state drives, anything like that. But, yeah. I mean, when you get down to it, there's way too much to cover in 200 years. We wanted to hit the really, really big points. And, and there are tons and tons of others that deserve
2: mention. So, you know, please uh, feel free to let us know if we missed one of your favorites. But uh, as, I, as I said before, uh, you have to tell us one other thing, too. Uh, 1928, everything after 1928 that we mentioned, uh, Otto Frederick Rowetter... Invented the bread slicing machine. So everything after 1928, you have to tell us which is the best thing since sliced bread. Roller coaster. <laughs>
0: Okay, well that wraps up our 200th episode, and that's what happens Roar when we do lots and lots. I know that's what happens when we do lots and lots and lots of research. We go way over time. It, that, you know, you start finding fun stuff, and then you investigate. It. In my defense, yeah. the 100th episode also went over time. Yes, it did. So, if you guys have any questions or suggestions for for podcast topics, or you just want to you know say hello, you can email us. Our address is techstuff at house. HowStuffWorks.com. Chris and I will talk to you again, probably 200 more times, really soon.
2: If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. TechStuffHSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/techstuffHSW.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the How Stuff Works homepage.
0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. That's C-O-N-C-U-R
1: It's brand new Season 2. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf, And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to Brand New on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.